so that day kind of planted planted the seed of hey what these guys are doing is effing crazy but i wonder if i could do that this runs radio episode 996 starts in three two Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to remind you if uh, you've been around for a while, maybe tell you for the first time if you're if you're new around these parts that uh, at the end of each month, every month, I pick a new winner to get a free training plan, a free 16-week custom-made training plan. Nothing half-baked, nothing one-size-fits-all. We don't we don't play those games around here. Uh, it's the exact same level of care of of ex. I, I don't know. I like to think maybe there's a little bit of expertise, uh, last exact same level of interaction that you'd get if you paid me to do a training plan for you. You just get it for free. I pick one winner each month, and to get your name in the hat, to get uh, yourself in it in order to have a chance to win it, just point your browser over to disruns.com slash giveaway. You can also go right to the homepage at disruns.com or on whatever device you're listening to. If you kind of scroll into the, the information about this particular episode, um, which shouldn't be too hard to find on each, on each, you know, whatever different app or thing that you're using, uh, there should be a link there as well. Scroll, you might have to scroll down just a little bit, but you'll see a link for, uh, you know, get entered to win a free custom training plan. Click the link, enter your name, enter your email address, bada boom, bada bam. You're automatically entered and re-entered each and every month. Uh, with the hope that one of these months, the random number generator will smile upon you. So if you have any questions on how that works, let me know. Uh, but disruns.com slash giveaway or disruns.com, either place, same same process, in your name, in your email address, and uh, may the odds ever be in your favor. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is some is is another member of uh, this year's uh, as in 2021, I guess. Since you know, who knows when you're listening to this. So my guest today is an, is another one of the members of the 2021 MS Run the US Relay Team. Uh, but this wasn't his first time, uh, you know, picking up his his you know putting his shoes on and picking them up and putting them down to help stop uh, or help bring the fight to MS. Uh, he was also part of the 2020 team, but uh, you know, pandemic, uh, the race went or the the, the the event kind of went virtual, so obviously he wasn't able to participate quite like he had signed up for. So he was back for 2021 to do it again uh, and got the full experience this year. So no doubt, plenty of things to talk about today. Uh, so we'll just get get the party started and officially welcome Mr. DJ Butts to the show. So thanks for joining us today, DJ. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation and kind of want to follow along for for whatever's next in uh, DJ's career, running wise and 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 whatever else is going on in life, uh, Instagram great place to follow along at DJ Butts. That's B U T Z for his last name. So the letter D, the letter J, B U T Z. Uh, Dizruns dot com slash nine nine six is the link back for the show notes for today. As always, we'll have everything linked up there and photos and links and the whole nine and obviously the social media handles there as well. So Dizruns dot com slash nine 
for anything you want to refresh your memory on from today's conversation. So, DJ, the way we always uh, start off the show is with a pretty uh, simple and straightforward question that uh, at least it's simple and straightforward to ask. Some people it's a simple and straightforward one to answer. Some, sometimes it's a little bit more complicated because uh, Lord knows there's a lot of good, good answers out there. But it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Ah, thanks for the question. I do not have a favorite distance to race. Um, I would say I enjoy running places and times that are uh, less common. Mm. And uh, so kind of the worse the worse the weather, the better. Um, that seems to be uh, when I've had my most enjoyable runs. Okay, well, that, that's that's uh, you know it, at this point I I, I don't want to say that I've had every possible answer to that question, but that might be a, that might be a first that that might be a new a new take on the on the topic. But I got to I got to ask you to unpack that a little bit more. What 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 about the miserable weather, for lack of a better way of saying it, uh, appeals to you to get out there and get after it when most other people are like, you know what, today might be a good day to take a rest day. Yeah, I think. Um I think, uh, there's something about being out there when, when most people wouldn't be, or when, when most people would say, you know, no way, or, um, to be, you know, to be running on a trail where most people are walking or hiking to be out there, you know, in the grind running, um, that is kind of, uh, kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I just vividly remember like, being on a, a run on a section of the Appalachian Trail, um, where where I grew up living is uh, by the Pinnacle, um, which is a uh, Hamburg, Pennsylvania area, and you know it was like a strange it was a strange time of day. It might have been like midday. There was nobody around mm. for you know a eight mile run, and just snow falling. And there being, you know, a nice like two inches of cushion under my feet and just kind of like gliding in the wilderness with, you know, no other people around and just being submerged in nature mm -hmm. and with myself. And it's just something that's really it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to describe. It's more of a feeling and like uh, kind of fuels the spirit kind of thing. Um, so the same same thing when I'm out, you know, running in the rain, try to um, resist those natural tendencies to want to avoid it or to avoid that discomfort and to really try to be open to it and to be open to the experience. And when you're open to it, whether it's a weather condition or, or time of day, you can really, um, gain insight to things that you, you wouldn't know unless you were there with the open mind. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it sounds I hope it's not too deep, but that's the best way I can explain it. No, it, it totally makes sense, and and I think um, at least at least from from my perspective, for for whatever it's worth, but you know that that little story about being on the trail um, when it was snowing, like like I think at least for me, you know, again, just just my my take on it, but especially with trail running, like like the fewer people out there, almost the better. Cause like part of the allure of the trail is to be in nature and just kind of like get away from the world. And at least again, just for me, but like, mm -hmm. like there's that going on. And so it kind of makes sense that, you know, if you're, if you're on a trail and the weather's perfect and everything like that, well, you're, 
like there's probably going to be other people out there too. But on the days when it's a little bit, a little bit dicier or it's colder, or like you said, maybe midday during the week. So people are, a lot of people are at work. Um, that's, that's a great time to get out there to just really get all of the nature that, that, that it has to offer. So I get you, I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, uh, what's your running history, DJ? Is it something that's been, uh, you know, like you said, kind of going back to, to running, you know, growing up on the, on the trail, is that, is running always kind of been part of your life or kind of how'd you get started in the sport? Yeah, that's a, I have an interesting answer. Um, I've, I've been running my entire life and it probably started from like an unhealthy place at a really young age, which I don't know that I've talked to many people about this, but I'm happy to discuss it. Um, so I remember when I was like 11 or 12, and I would go out and I would run probably it's like two or three mile loops around, um, around the block. And, you know, for the longest time I thought that was like a normal, a normal thing for an 11 or 12 year old to do. I, I don't know how common it is <laughs> now, but, um, the drive, the reason I was doing it was because I had, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I had these like, you know, body image issues or, um, I might've even had some type of undiagnosed eating disorder at that age. And so I would, you know, I would run with the intent to like, you know, look a certain way. And, um, that's, that's probably like how it started. And then, it's definitely evolved over the years and my awareness about that and making sure, um, you know, my running is coming from a healthy place. It's definitely involved in probably various stages, but, um, it grew into, um, you know, running more consistently in high school years. And I ran on the cross country team for a year or two. And, um, I've always been running, you know, in some kind of capacity. I, I would say I never got crazy into to races in general or doing races, although um, I'll do them, you know, I'll do them from time to time. Um, I've done, so just to give like more background, I've done probably a handful of half marathons. I did one marathon attempt that I failed around 2012. That happened. I said, <laughs> this is it was a terrible experience. I said, I'd never try it again. Right. And famous famous last was, words of all runners. I'll never, yeah. I'll never do that again. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Exactly. So it was, you know, I was curious about it for the following five years and then I attempted again and I completed, uh, one marathon in 2017 and then, um, had done the MS run the U S race the last two years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, everything, uh, my running in between there is just, it's my, my typical, like over the years is like two or two or three runs a week, two to four miles with like six mile long runs on the weekend type of thing. That's probably like my average. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, as, as always, somebody gets going with it with an answer. And then I, I have like six questions that pop up. Um, sure. but, uh, can, can we go back to the, to the 2012 race, the, the, the marathon that, that didn't go as, as planned and, and, uh, do you mind sharing what, what went wrong there? Yeah. Um, so I'd never run a marathon before I kind of, um, 
I guess I, I probably had a lot of, and some of it just came from experience or lack of experience. I probably thought I could kind of have a half marathon mentality. Um, so I ran the first half, like I would run a half marathon and I felt good, mm-hmm. felt solid. I was kind of on cruise control. Um, but my nutrition game was, mm-hmm. was lacking and I've learned that after the fact. So I was probably having taken some kind of intake like water or Gatorade, like every six miles mm. and, um, hit the infamous wall at 20, mm-hmm. which people will talk about all the time, but you don't really know what it is until you, <laughs> until you hit that sucker on your own. And, um, it was bad. I was whole body was cramping. It was hurting. There were points where it hurt more to walk than mm-hmm. to run. So I would do this like half in between walk, jog, Sasquatchy thing. And then, um, I got to an age, age, age station at 20 and I like went to be sick. Like I felt like I was going to throw mm-hmm. up and, um, that motion of like leaning down my whole like abdomen cramped. Oh man. And you, like locked you, you got your Same, money's worth on that, on that wall. Yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Same as like anybody's ever had like their calf cramp up or something. Mm-hmm. It's like super painful. Oh, yeah. That's how my whole, my whole abdomen was. Oof. And I couldn't straighten it out. So I like keeled, keeled over and I'm like trying to be cool because there's people <laughs> around cause it's by this age station. And I don't want people to know like that I messed up. <laughs> so I like end up like doing this awkward lean onto my elbow and then onto the ground. I'm just like laying there in the fetal position, like frozen and I can't straighten up and I just had to like wait a minute or two and then I was slowly able to straighten out. And so obviously, or, you know, that's from not having enough electrolyte, uh, intake and hydration. Um, and I was, you know, got sick later that day and I was probably sick for a week and out of, out of commission. And, but that's my first <laughs> marathon attempt. Goodness gracious. I, I can, I can, I can see why the reaction after that, that day would be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this again. Like, like, like it's, it's, uh, it's one thing when it's, you know, it's a story of maybe the training didn't go as well, which was my story of like, just totally undertrained, totally underprepared, not, not estimating or, you know, underestimating what the distance was like. Um, and so you get to the end and like, yeah, never again. Um, but then, you know, with a little bit of knowledge and a little bit more experience, like, well, maybe again. Um, but gosh, I can see how in, in that situation, it'd be like, no, just absolutely not. Um, so, so then, you know, fast forward a handful of years or, or, you know, six, seven years, whatever it was, what, uh, what, what, what caused the, uh, the itch or the question to bubble back up about doing a marathon and, and trying it a second time? I, I was mostly just curious if I could do it. Mm. And I was just curious and curious and I was, I was thinking about it a lot. I probably thought about it for a few years before I got, um, serious about, about training for one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just wondering if I was able to do it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you, you did it. So clearly it wasn't, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't you just slam into the wall and burst into a million pieces again, but was it, was it relatively smooth sailing or was it, was it, was, I mean, as relatively smooth sailing as 26.2 miles can be, or, or was it still some struggles or kind of how did that, that race shake out for you? Yeah, it was, it was pretty smooth. I mean, I thought the last uh, three miles were really, you know, uh, challenging. Just, um, you know, my legs were, you know, they felt like they were heavy and 
filled with lactic acid and uh, painful, but I was able to like keep moving. I was kind of slow, slow and steady for that, which I think was the right approach and definitely had a different plan for hydrating and electrolytes and started using, um, like salt supplements, um, while I was running. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's, and that's, you know, certainly something that, that has been a theme over the, over the, not a regular theme, but it comes up over, over, you know, uh, on occasion, the idea of kind of just learning as you go and, and you, you make some adjustments and you, and you, Oh, well, this didn't work last time. So maybe this, this will work, you know, let's try this a little bit. Let's turn this knob. Um, and you kind of get, get the formula right so that it, it works for you and, and, and you get through and, and hopefully, uh, and obviously in your case, DJ, a little bit better experience than the first one. Yeah. The other difference for that second race was I had, I have a really supportive group of friends and, um, they really, you know, showed up through that, that training process as well, as well as on that race day with, um, they had like gone out the night, the night at nighttime with flashlights and put up like little signs of en- wow. encouragement throughout the whole, the whole, um, the whole, uh, race route. Mm-hmm. So it was really, um, cool to, to see that as I was going through the race as well. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like a little, a little, you know, a little pick me up, you know, they, they, it, it, I don't know. For me, sometimes it it's, feels like it would be so trivial. Like, Oh, there was a sign for me at, at mile 12 or whatever, but like being out there and seeing some of those signs, even the signs for other people, I'll tell you what, sometimes that, that gives you a little pick me up too. of just like, wow, that's, that was cl-. like, I don't get what the joke is, but I'm sure there's a joke there. And, and you know, like, like that gives you that, that little bit of boost that sometimes you need. Yeah, it definitely gives you some like additional energy and, and keeps your, like mental focus in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're in like a tough spot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, getting, getting a little bit closer to, uh, you know, you get, you get through the first marathon. Um, when did, when did MS run the U S kind of come onto your, your horizon and, and, a, a, you know, make it be something like, Hey, maybe this is something that I might be interested in doing. Yeah. Um, so it started with, um, my mother-in-law, my now mother-in-law has lived with MS for 35 years and we were, I had gotten a, a running wheelchair that, um, I could run with her. Mm-hmm. So we were scouting, we thought it'd be cool to do like MS, um, based races or races that were being done to fundraise for MS causes so I was, we were doing a search for MS races, and one of the first things that came up was this um, MS Run the U.S. race that happens. And um, the MS Run the U.S. race is um, unlike any other race or anything else. So it takes you a little, it takes you a little while and a little bit of investigation to really understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up, we were able to meet with one of the MS run the U S segment runners as it came through, it just by coincidence or not coincidence comes like crosses like within 10 miles of where we live, which is a big deal from logistics of, Mm -hmm. you know, having to get my mother-in-law there. Um, but so we were able to meet, uh, the segment runner for the 2019, uh, race when they came through our area, it was like, it was super early in the morning. It was like a Monday morning at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. We're on these back back country roads where we live. And there's, you know, it's quiet. Most people are like 
sleeping or getting up for work Mm -hmm. and we're waiting for this relay runner to come through and we um had never met before we had never done anything else with the organization before um and uh (laughs) we're just hanging out the side of the road and a crew car comes by and then the, the runner comes by um we quick intro and then we get off right you know running mm-hmm. and we were there my mother-in-law and i were doing this just to support this this runner who was doing her segment and um we ended up running like six miles with her uh that morning which was which was really it was cool just to like be a part of that moment with that relay runner for in so many ways so many ways that um you know you don't necessarily get it at first glance. So like for myself, it was cool to be a part of it for that runner. It was cool to have that kind of support from a stranger and somebody who's living with MS, right? which is the cause that she's running mm-hmm. for. And then there's this whole other element of what it does for my mother-in-law to be able to participate in something like this, to be on this country road that she's never been before Mm -hmm. like running you know running speed alongside somebody else that's running she was totally amped she had like these songs that she was like singing (laughs) to the rudder which i was worried would be annoyed like because i know how i am like sometimes i need like quiet and focus Mm -hmm. i don't want people around i was like oh no we're probably messing up her segment but um she said um she the if the songs and, and the mantras and our support seem to be have a big impact on the mm-hmm. on the runner and was uh, memorable for her, and um, so that day kind of planted planted the seed of, hey, what these guys are doing is effing crazy, mm-hmm. but I wonder if I could do that, um, and that got the the gears turning and. Um, I was curious if I could do that too. So I uh, uh, applied for the relay team. There's a involved interview process mm-hmm. and, and got accepted. And, um, you know, it's a, kind of once a lifetime uh, experience that I'll be forever grateful for. Yeah, for sure. Except except as, as it shook out and kind of, you know, already love, have let the cat out of the bag in the intro, once in a lifetime experience that you got to kind of experience twice. So, um, I'd be curious to kind of hear, you know, um, like, like, so you, you know, you, you go through the interview, probably like, Hey, I, I think I want to try this. I, I think I can do it. You go through the inter- interview process. You're accepted, you know, you're getting excited for, for 2020, uh, and, and what, what's going to happen and, and running your segment. Um, and then obviously everybody, everybody knows what, what kind of happened as far as pandemic, everything shut down. Nothing's, nothing's really happening in person anymore. Um, what was, what was that whole process of, of going through the pandemic and, and the uncertainty and ultimately the, the race going virtual? Like, like how did, how did that kind of shake out for you? Yeah, that was a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, I mean, when I first got accepted, I was like, I was super amped and motivated and lots of like that initial adrenaline just to be a part of it. And I started, I was like, before I got into formal training, I was like trying to up my base miles and I was like, I would go, I would go like, it was the winter time. So I'd go skiing and then I would, I would like stop skiing an hour early mm-hmm. and, and go, um, 
like run up and down the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we were super excited and it was, you know, it was just, it was hard when it went, you know, they decided they weren't doing the formal race across the country and we were doing a virtual event. Um, but that ended up being really great in ways that we weren't expecting, um, initially. Um, so we had all the, each segment runner that year kind of had, uh, flexibility to do whatever was working for them, depending on, you know, all the, all the things that were going on. So we wanted, we knew we wanted to do something. We were like, wanted to shift gears, do something that was fun given everything that was going on and was like all about awareness about, uh, MS. So we did, uh, for the, our virtual event, there's a local community park that's, you know, half mile from our house and it has like a one mile loop that goes around it. Mm -hmm. Three quarters of it's paved and a quarter of it's through some, uh, mulchy, uh, wood line. Um, I wanted to see how many times I could run that loop in the same amount of days that I would have been running a segment, which Mm -hmm. is six days. Mm -hmm. And by this time, like my training had dropped off and, um, you know, there was other things that were going on. Um, so my goal was to do 15 loops a day. Mm. Um, the, the regular race is 25 miles a day for six days. So I thought 15 was, 15 was a, a stretch for me right. in my current, like, uh, state of conditioning. And then I invited like anybody and everybody who wanted to come out and support in any way that they wanted, whether it was just just saying hi to my mother-in-law, cheerleading, walking, walking your dog, walking your kids around, riding a bike. There was somebody rollerblading. Mm. And then anybody who wanted to run on their own, good. We'll count the laps. Any laps somebody's doing, we're going to count their laps and we'll count my laps. We'll see how many laps we could get. Um, and um, it was really great because of the community involvement that we had and we got people outside and it was like motivating to see people who wouldn't normally be running or Mm -hmm. even be out at a park were like out showing up for this event um well and and not to not to cut you off but i guess i'm gonna cut you off but even even at that at that you know again going back in in time to, to 2020 like you know just kind of having some sense of like going to the park and being around people was probably pretty uplifting too it definitely was. Yeah. Sorry. So you continue. So so everybody's doing their, their laps and, and, uh, you know, it sounds like it it was, you know, made made lemonade out of lemons the best you could. Yeah. Yeah. We had, um, I ended up doing a hundred, uh, which is a little more than 15 a day. Mm -hmm. And we had, uh, other community, whether it was friends or families or strangers, did another uh, between four and five hundred laps wow. over those six days. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, so you know, you, you kind of get through making the best of the situation that you, that you could. Um, was there any? You know, what what was the decision process of like? I I wouldn't mind re-upping and doing it again. Was it was it a slam dunk? Was it something that you wrestled with? Like like how did how did that? kind of, you know, the next, the next chapter, this, the second time for the once in a lifetime, uh, opportunity, you know, what went into that decision? 
Um, I'm trying to, I don't know if I remember exactly how that went. I think there was a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, contemplating, but ultimately we wanted, we wanted to, we were so excited about it the first year about doing the actual point A to point B segment across Pennsylvania that, um, we, we felt strongly that we wanted to, to do that, Mm -hmm. uh, the actual race. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, so you sign back up, you're going to, you recommit, you're going to do it again. Um, and, and again, maybe tying in a little bit to, to earlier conversation, kind of learning from the first time and, and hopefully making better the second time. Um, how, how did, you know, what, what lessons were you able to take away from the first event that had gone virtual, obviously to help you become, you know, prepared and, and ready to go for, for the 2021 event? Yeah, you know, I didn't realize this uh, during training for for the uh, the second go around or the 2021 relay, but doing those uh, 15 a day for six days really, I learned a lot mm-hmm. about running on tired legs or um, adapting to different aches or pains or blisters or. Um, things like that. I was able to experiment a little bit with uh, hydration and nutrition strategies for that. Um, so it's definitely, it was the back-to-back run days, something that I historically, back-to-back longer run days, um, something that I don't historically do mm-hmm. ever. I actually never run back-to-back days normally. I like to have a day in between. That used to be my mentality. Um, so, you know, there that's really important when you're doing um, a relay that's set up like this mm-hmm. to do such high, high mileage in back-to-back days because the only way you can simulate running on tired legs is to have tired legs or to do back-to-back, um, you know, higher mileage, right. which the, the training program that they, the running coaches put together definitely incorporates that, um, but it's usually – you know, two, two long run days where this, Mm -hmm. uh, virtual event really had me back in a bunch of days together and experience, you know, my body and my mentality were experiencing things that I've never experienced before. But, um, the, the most surprising thing about the following year's training though, was I had lost, um, I had lost like motivation to do the training Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just because it had been going on for so long or because the training is so rigorous. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second year's training, I really learned a lot about using discipline to train properly as opposed to using motivation. And I think I'd, I'd mainly use motivation for, for training and running in my life life leading up until, um, last year's training, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, 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 it does. And it's, it's an interesting thing to, to, um, insight to, to have gleaned uh, that, that, you know, motivation, I mean, you know, and, and it, it can wane. And, and like you said, I mean, it's, it's kind of two years basically of going towards the same goal. Like, 
like that's a that's a long time to feel like you got it like like to keep tapping into the same source and so you know if you can shift that a little bit to to having the the self-discipline to get out there and go um you know maybe it's it's just the flip side of the same coin but it's 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 a different way to to make sure the training happens because you know obviously for for this type of challenge but i mean any type of of big goal running event um, the training piece is kind of an important piece of the puzzle to make sure that that you have your best chance of success. A, but also B, that you can hopefully come away with that without you know any injuries or things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how did how did the uh, six days across Pennsylvania go? You, you've got the discipline to to get the training to making sure that that happens. Um, you know when, when you're getting ready to to take over on on the first day. What's what's going through your mind? What are you thinking? How are, are you? Are you confident are you optimistic a little nervous all of the above kind of what's what was going through your head on on day one yeah day one was uh just mostly um excitement uh to be starting uh i felt i felt really good about the training leading up to that so every everything felt good i had like minor um I didn't have any like major injuries through training, just like minor things that crept up and kind of came up and up and down throughout the training. And, uh, but for the most part, as all systems go, it was projected to be super hot Mm. this for my week. And it was, um, so I was kind of embracing the, you know, any, any weather condition (laughs) or (laughs) thing at that time. So I was like, I was even excited about that. Um, but day day one stuff because you have that first day adrenaline and mm-hmm. uh, it's easy to um, have that uh, kind of get push you off your plan a little right. bit. Um, I think some of the other runners have talked about that on your podcast actually. Um, so day one, so uh, day one, I ran into even despite all my my history of. <laughs> marathon fails and hydration issues day one i ran into some dehydration issues Mm. um i was following my plan i was following what i had done in training but it it doesn't always translate to race day um so i had to you know for a race like this you really got to be open and adapting and i had that mindset going into it i had these failures on day one um and struggles and you know, I learned from it and adjusted on the following day so that I could be successful through the whole thing. But I ended up like doubling what I, mm. my intake, my hydration intake was, um, and training yeah. for the rest of the week. But yeah, that's, it's one of those things about, about, you know, even just a one-off marathon or a one-off half marathon, whatever it is, um, you know, running and, and, and sometimes life even too, one of those parallels between running and life where you kind of have to make those adjustments on the fly and you can have, you can have the great plan and you can, you can have everything you think meticulously figured out and detailed. Um, but if one variable goes, goes a little bit off, like it being a lot hotter than, than what you're used to or, or, you know, whatever the case might be, um, being unwilling to, to, veer a little bit and, and make an adjustment and, and call the audible or whatever, whatever terminology you want to want to use, uh, can really get you in, into trouble. So, so yeah, you know, if that means doubling up on the fluids and the electrolytes, then, then that's what you got to do because that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So as, as the days kind of, you know, start to string together, um, I'm always curious and, and I, I 
pretty sure I've asked everybody from from the 2021 team that's been on the show uh, kind of this this question or at least a, a variation of the question. But but what what was your kind of recovery routine? What what did you do to kind of try to help make sure that that tomorrow you're going to be I mean, obviously you're not going to be 100 percent every day, but like like to give yourself the best chance to feel in, feeling all right on day two and then on day three and, and so on and so forth throughout the week. So there were three key things that I did that I felt really had a huge impact. One was nu- nutrition, literally. And I think the crew thought this was funny. The moment I was done running, I had like meal pr- meal preps with. Mm. I was like opening it up and eating as soon as I could. Um, and then, you know, continuing to eat uh, throughout the rest of the day. Um, the second thing was, um, doing, uh, ice baths, uh, with my, you know, my legs fully submerged for about 15 minutes. I tried to get into the ice bath as soon as I could. Some of that, um, is hard just with logistics of, you know, where your home base is and where the, where the run for that day ended. Um, but as soon as I could got on ice and then, um, the third thing was, um, I had created this really strong, um, stretch routine every morning. I had started this in training and just carried it through so that it was a part of, it's a part of my normal wake up. I do this, I do this rollout, this stretching, um, it really, helped it helps my body physically but there's something about that and about that habit that also like kind of helped my during that time it really helped me to focus and get kind of mentally locked in for that day Mm -hmm. well and and yeah i mean it it's i can see that how that could really be beneficial just because it's 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 something of a routine. Like that's part of, that's part of kind of your, your, your process, you know, the, the thing that, like you said, kind of gets your mind right. Um, and is kind of, you know, a leads to B leads to C. So you, you, you had this routine already established, keep it rolling. It seems like it's helping you. Um, and then, and then you're ready to go. So as, as the, as the days, I don't hope they didn't drag on too much, but as, as the days roll on, um, I got to imagine it got more difficult as it went, but how did, how did, you know, over the course of those six days, how did it uh, kind of shake out for you? Oh, I would say it didn't get more difficult. I would say my toughest day was day one, um, with those hydration issues. And then after that, I made adjustments, stuck with my routine, kept my mind right. And I really just tried to enjoy the journey, enjoy the company that I was with. It wasn't about, to me, it wasn't about, it became not about finishing it. It didn't become about the finish line, not about the destination, but what I was doing, who I was doing it with, why I was doing it. Um, and, um, you know, it wasn't that the rest of the days didn't have any problems, but, um, I would say overall, you know, um, your body kind of like, my body was kind of like, adjusting a little bit and getting, getting used, used to some, some of it in some ways. And like my best day was day five. I was kind of on cruise control that day. Um, but any ideas why day five would have been your best day? 
I had big, I had big elevation change on three and four, mm. um, that I had, had tackled. So I think, um, just having a little flatter of a day right? and my, by this time, my hydration and nutrition plan was like on point where that, that stuff was all, it just felt like I was taking in the perfect amount. I was never dehydrating or getting thirsty. Right. Um, I was with some, with some good company with my wife being there and the, the crew was, um, had such an impact mm-hmm. on the experience. Gotcha. Well, that's, I mean, that's, I, it was, no, go ahead, go ahead. It, it was to the point where we started day six and I was sad that it was the last day. Mm. I said that, I said that to uh, one of the crew members. I was like, I'm sad it's the last day. Wow. Which is backwards. You would think <laughs> you want to be done. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, that's, that's kind of how you want it to shake out is that, that, you know, the, the rough days are the, the first one or two as opposed to, you know, starting great and then really having a, a, a suffer fest towards the end. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it, it shook out pretty well. What was, you know, and, and maybe maybe we're not far enough away from it yet. I don't know. I mean, as we're recording this, we're, we're a couple months from um, inside of a couple months from when you when you ran your segment, I think, if, if I've got my dates correct. But um, what what was the highlight of of the event of the of your segment um, for you, at, at least at this point, if, if there even is something that stands out to, to you? Uh, ooh. there's not, it's, there's not one highlight. I mean, it, it is such a great organization to be a part of and a great cause to be involved with. It's, it's, it's so dynamic in so many ways, not just from like the running and the physical and even the mental elements, but how it engages the runner with the community, with the fundraising, with the MS community, and then even more so for me personally, with my immediate family and uh, the dynamic between my wife and my mother-in-law and being involved in this process um, and just going through and being open to the to the journey more than that, that end point or that, that finish line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was great to push Carol across my mother-in-law across the finish line that she could uh, be involved in that way too. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool that, that, uh, you know, you're able to just kind of have that, that moment and that experience together. Um, I'm sure, you know, I mean, I I don't know, I'm I'm not going to try to put words in your mouth, but I, I could, I could see that eventually, you know, maybe with a little bit more distance to that really kind of be the, the defining thing, but maybe not. I mean, maybe the whole thing just turns, continues to just be this one awesome awesome week for a great cause and, and great people. And, and if so, I mean, that's, that's fantastic too. Yeah. So as we're getting, getting a little bit closer to wrapping up DJ, one thing that I, I, again, I think I probably asked, or at least, you know, was on the list to ask everybody that, that was on the team this year that I've talked to and, and pretty much anybody that's done a charity event in the past. I, I feel like I always kind of um, am curious about the fundraising side of things because that's, that's not um, for some folks, it's not that big of a deal, but for, for some folks, and I would, class myself among them. Um, that's kind of one of those things that maybe holds, I'll just, you know, use myself as an example, like that holds me back, um, from doing maybe more charity events. I've done one thought about doing, doing quite a few or, or, you know, could, would, would think it could be the one I did was a great experience, but just the idea of, of raising money is, is difficult for me. And you did it twice, you know, you did it back to back years. 
Um, how did you find the the fundraising uh, piece of the puzzle to go? Was it pretty pretty easy? Was it difficult? Kind of how did how did that go for you? Um, it was. I wouldn't say um, it was difficult. Uh, I tried to. If you think about like the target or the goal amount that you're trying to raise, it's easy to become overwhelmed by that. Or I could see how that like um, turns people away from you know wanting to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I felt that way at the very beginning, but I, I really tried to, um, shift my focus so that it was more, there were probably like two main things. One was I focused on like awareness and the, I would go to like local races and set up like a little booth. And my focus was on awareness. Like mm. if somebody doesn't know what MS is and want to talk to them about it. If some, somebody um, has a question about the organization, I want to talk about that. And you'd be shocked how, how many people know somebody who has MS or how many people actually have MS. Like every time I did that, there were, you know, people who wouldn't, you wouldn't normally be talking about it would be saying, Hey, I have MS, appreciate what you're doing. Or they have a family member or a friend who has MS. And, um, by focusing on that and like, that gives me like tangible feedback about like what I'm doing is important. It makes a difference. And then when it comes to the money side and fundraising, I tried to approach that as like practicing being rejected. Mm. So like normally I'm not somebody like us. I don't normally fundraise. I don't normally or routinely ask people for money. So that whole thing is like uncomfortable and there's a lot to learn from like practicing being rejected and it, it it definitely like opens you up to be um kind of build up a different set of skills that without having gone through the fundraising process i don't know that i would normally have this like awareness about myself and it ends up being like it's not really that big of a deal like you ask somebody and they say no and they're not you know, nobody's upset about it and right. everybody's understanding. They just appreciate, um, <clears throat> you know, even just talking about the cause. But, um, so that, that was like my main approach. And then there are some like specific, I think like organizing like a small event where there's some way that people can also be engaged in a fun way, whether it's like, raffle baskets or Mm. door prizes or like a band at a local, like we set up this little thing at our local brewery and it ended up bringing in like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And it was like, it was like little effort to do. Like the brewery owner was super cool. He already had a band lined up. He was willing to like engage with us and support our cause and ended up like donating, you know, you get, you get donations from the places, places you least expect it and the places you most expect it, you don't, you mm-hmm. don't get donations. So it's like interesting to go through that process, but, um, I wouldn't look at the total goal and I would just look at it as like, you know, keep, as long as you're keeping what is important to you and, um, and the cause it's, it comes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's good good things to think about, and, and appreciate you sharing that. Because, like I said, I know I know for me it took it took so many 
so long of talking to folks and, and basically hearing the same thing, like put the story out there, put it out there. People are willing to give um, to finally get over the hump and actually do it. And I was glad I did. And, and certainly, it, well, I guess as certain as I can be, it won't be the last time I've done it and, and looking forward to doing it again. And, and maybe, maybe just encouraging a couple other folks to, to take the plunge um, because the, the fundraising can be daunting, but it's, it's like you said, it's just, it's just a matter of doing it. And, and you get some donations from places you never would have expected, which is always, always exciting to see those come through. Yeah. You ever think of joining the master on the U S or applying? You know, I mean, yeah, kind of. And especially the more I, I talk to you guys that have done it this year, um, the, the more it's, it's one of those things that like, I could, I could see myself trying something like that. So, you know, who knows? It, it, it might, it might be something that, uh, the, the hat gets thrown in the ring, uh, obviously not for this year. Cause the team just got, got, got picked not too long ago, but, but who knows, maybe next year, year following, like we'll, we'll see, but it's, it's, it's on the, uh, the back burner for sure. Well, I'll promise you if you would decide to give it a go, you wouldn't regret it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted DJ, but I, like I said, it's, <laughs> it's, and that's not, usually that's my brush off, but like, it really is kind of something that's, that's, that's simmering on the burner. And, and, uh, you know, the, the more I've, I've gotten to talk to you guys and, and, and who knows, hopefully talking to some folks on the 2022 team as well coming up. Um, I don't know. I could see it. I could see it growing uncontrollably to where I, I just have to do it. And then, you know, if the stars align and I get picked, then it'll be on till the break of dawn for sure. All right. I look forward to that might maybe happen. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I kind of let that cat out of the bag. So now I'll have, uh, I have a, a few people continuing to nudge me and needle <laughs> me, I, I'm sure as well. But as we get into the point of, of wrapping up today, DJ, one, one last question for you, the old philosophical question here at the end, nothing too, nothing too scary, hopefully, but just kind of open-ended and, and um, you can take it whichever way you want to go. And that's where we'll wrap it up. But, um, and just be, be curious, you know, um, from from the early days of running for maybe not the the healthiest reasons to to where we are today um what what keeps you going what what, what is it about running that that um you know all through the years and and through the this you know six days in a row and and you know 25 26 27 miles a day um to to where we are right now what what keeps you putting the shoes on and and getting out there uh you know a few times a week what is it about running that that just keeps you that that, that just is something that you can't kind of do without yeah, I think it just it just uh, fuels my spirit, fuels my soul, and uh, uh, it's something that has a lot of benefits that I enjoy. That I have the ability to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm right right there with you, um, and I'm sure many other folks are as well. So, guys, if you uh, enjoyed today's conversation, if you can if you can relate to some of the things that uh, you know, some of those reasons of just feeding your spirit. Uh, maybe you want to give DJ a follow on Instagram at DJ Butts. Again, that's D-J-B-U-T-Z. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 996 is the link back to the show notes for today with some photos and, and links, of course, as well. Um, Dizruns.com slash 996. So, DJ, thanks for uh, for taking the time today, sharing a bit of your story. Uh, certainly thanks for, for the work you've done and, and the money you've raised and, and uh, just, you know, helping to, to bring the fight to MS and, and hopefully, you know, for your mother-in-law and for everybody else out there that's, that's living with MS every day, it's, it's one day closer to uh, finding a cure, which is, which is obviously what it's all about. So again, thank you for, for the time today and wish you nothing but the best going forward, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between DJ and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway from our little chit chat 
today. Um, for me, it was when when DJ was talking about kind of the beginning of of his segment, his his string of of uh, marathon days this year for, or I guess you know this past summer, twenty twenty one for uh, the MS Run the US relay team, and and how he kind of learned a bit about his hydration needs, electrolyte needs the first day, made made the adjustments necessary, and then was kind of more or less good to go for the rest of for the rest of the week, and and. I, I guess my my takeaway through that, or or my reminder for myself, and and what I kind of need to every once in a while uh, be again be reminded of, and, and make sure that I don't uh, miss the point, is that it's okay to to make some adjustments along the way, right? Sometimes you got to tweak a little bit, sometimes you got to adjust a little bit, and the key, as far as I'm concerned, and I think how it played out quite well for DJ, is that you don't overreact, right? You don't, you don't freak out when something's a little bit off, you know, your, your hydration strategy is a little bit off, your electrolyte strategy is a little bit off. And, and, you know, this is day one of six and obviously you don't want to, to, to be in a bind, put yourself behind the eight ball going forward for several more days. Um, but, but also don't panic because panicking probably isn't going to do you any good, right? So, so do the best you, ha- you can to get through that, you know, in, in his case to get through that day. And then what can you do to adjust it, tweak it going forward? And, and, and again, for me, it's, it's, it's that reminder that, that it's so rare, whether it's, it's in training and especially on race day, for everything to go perfect. It's so rare that everything goes exactly according to plan. And so when you figure out that something's not going to, to plan, whether it's some major issue or whether it's something relatively minor, try not to panic. Try not to overreact. You know, when, when you get to the to the race start and uh, or at least to the parking lot and you get out of the car and realize you do, you left your shoes back at the hotel, you know, panicking, not going to do yourself any good. Remembering that, hey, well, at least I have some trail shoes in my car. May, may, I guess I'll be wearing those today. You know, make the best of the situation and keep it keep it going forward as, as best you can. And then learn from that. So the next day when you've got your marathon, maybe make sure you bring your shoes with you. Maybe make sure you you check and double check that both pairs of shoes make it into the car and not both of them seen in the hotel room. Not that I'm speaking from any experience there, but but just saying that there's again there's so many instances where things go can can and will go sideways. Easy to overreact from something that you take in from pacing to leaving your shoes in the hotel room. Freaking out doesn't do you any good. So trying to to stay on track, trying to to make the adjustment going forward. Um, that's the name of the game in running. And, and maybe, maybe there's a little parallel to life being involved in there as well. So I don't know. That's my takeaway. Maybe I'm, I'm missing something or maybe I'm convoluting something, but, but that is my takeaway and it's my takeaway. So, you know, deal with it. <laughs> what about you? What's your takeaway? What stood out to you from today's episode? Uh, let me know. I'm at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And you can also head over to the uh, show notes for today, which you can get to at Dizruns.com slash 996. Dizruns.com slash 996. We got the photos. We got the links. We got all the things as per usual. And we also got the comment section down there at the bottom of the page. If you scroll on down to the bottom of that, you can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, and takeaways in the comment section. Start a little conversation, and I'll uh, I'll I'll chime in. We we can go back and forth a little bit uh, and have some fun there. So whatever is ultimately whatever is best for you for sharing your your uh, comments and takeaways is pretty good for me. I'll take it. So uh, let me know. Let me know 
uh, what you thought of today's episode. And uh, one last time, reminder, get in the giveaway. If you haven't done so already, get in the giveaway. Dizruns.com slash giveaway right there at the homepage, Dizruns.com. Yes, if you're wondering, it does put you on my email list, which I know is uh, not necessarily everybody's uh, cup of tea. But I will say this, for whatever it's worth, my emails, I try to make them as, as useful and valuable and, and worth you know the four or five minutes that it takes to read as possible. It's not some type of spammy nothing nonsense. It's it's basically blog posts trying to trying to give you a little a little laugh, maybe make you think about something, um, kind of like what I try to do with the podcast. Um, just just into your e- email inbox a couple times a week. So uh, you know, hopefully you get something out of that, and and maybe just maybe you get to, to work with me for free by getting your name picked when I do that drawing winner uh, each and every month. So disruns.com slash giveaway. One more time is the link. And with that, we'll go ahead and officially pull this ship into the old harbor. Uh, if you all enjoyed this one, hit that share button, sh- share it with a friend, tell somebody else about the show. I always appreciate you when you do that. And uh, until next time, y'all, thanks for listening. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. Thanks for taking us with you wherever it was we went today. And uh, until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks one more time for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.